Welcome to the Circuit Clouds podcast, the official podcast of United League Baseball. All right, shall we move on to the West? Mm-hmm. All right, sure. so we have a unanimous choice for a seventh place team, and it is the San Francisco Spiders, who last year were, I think last year was the first even year that they didn't do well in like a decade. Is that right? It, usually they're, they're good on even years, right? Yep. They made the playoffs in yeah. 74, 76, 78, and 80. Last year, they were uh, 66 and 90. They came in sixth. But everyone's got them picked dead last this year. And why is that, Glenn? Because their ratings are really, really quite poor. So Jeff consistently, I think, is among the best guys in the league at at the draft. He, He just, every year, I always go, damn, he got that guy then? But he has had some. Not even some. He's had a lot. He's had a lot of bad luck. I remember the year he drafted Pedro Guerrero, and I thought, like, my God, this is like a foundational player that he's going to have forever. But Pedro's just been downgraded into oblivion, you know. So, so a lot of his draft picks hadn't worked out, and the guys that he had that were really good all kind of got old simultaneously, and they also hit FA, and so basically his team just collapsed overnight. And as you say, he went from being like good and like playoff worthy. He made the world series like two, three years ago. And now here he is like easily among the worst teams in the league. So by ratings count, his lineup is the worst. He has the worst OBP and the lowest power in the league. Um, You know, but, but again, he's, he has a strategy, but you could tell from the draft, he's essentially drafted all young starters and his lineup is basically young starters. Honeycutt was a guy that he picked a couple of years ago. Um, that's finally developed or at least close to developed and in response or to support them, he put a bunch of gloves out. So his, his team defense is, is really good. So you can see like the rebuilding strategy is just draft a bunch of young starters, put the gloves on the field behind them, help their development. And we'll just solve the offense later. But again, right now it's, he's not going to be able to score or do anything. I, I think he could actually, he could tussle for the number one pick. So I don't know if he's able to break Washington's stranglehold, but I think he, I think he could be the worst team in the league this year. Glenn and I have never met in person. I don't know how you steal my notes all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> even though Tim told us to review the season, I didn't listen very well because my, my first notes had killed in the draft. Totally agree with you. The dude is great at drafting, or at least on paper. You know, Not every pick works out, but I liked every pick he made. So, yeah, the big league club is, is a little bit of a disaster. He got some of the bad contracts, you know, off the books. He's starting to rebuild. There's really, I think, not much to say about the big league club. Almost all my notes were on his draft. So I won't waste your time on it. But, you know, that was the only thing that intrigued me was how well he drafted or I thought he drafted this year. Well, yeah, he had he got Jose de Leon with the number three, clearly the best pitcher in the draft. Charles Hudson in the 16th pick. Both those guys are in his rotation. So that tells Dude, you. Hudson's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okendo. Tells, yeah, Okendo. Mitch Webster at 17, who I, I yep. almost took Mitch Webster at, I almost took him at and, nine, actually. Yeah, yeah. So he dropped quite a ways. Okendo was a huge, uh, huge pickup. Even Tim Hullett, his third baseman, dropped to the 45th pick. He was projected to go in the second round, I think. So, yeah, he had a great. Definitely had a great draft. He does have Bill Parsons at the top of his rotation, but, you know, uh, it looks like the Fergie Jenkins uh, era has come to an end. And as well, so has the uh, the Jim Rice era, right? So those those, those <laughs> yeah. two guys yeah. um, and Daryl Evans. So all the guys who always, all, all, you know, for years he was running out the same, 
the same lineup year after year. So oh, one thing you guys did, you alluded to, didn't really mention directly, second best um, farm system in the league. He does have Brett Butler and Mattingly. And Mattingly, right? right? Mattingly's yeah. mm-hmm. quite still a ways off. One thing that he does tend to do, like Guerrero is another of these cases, is he does tend to draft guys that have very long kind of development curves. So Guerrero is an example of that and Mattingly as well. Although the two pitchers he took, obviously, are the direct opposite of that. I have one side story on the draft because he picked that third and I was picking fourth and he swoops me every year and kicks me out of the playoffs. (laughs) As I was going back and forth with Glenn, because I'm like, I really just need a shortstop. Like this whole draft for me was about a shortstop. So I was like, I think he's going to take Tony Fernandez. And even though this year he doesn't kick me out of the playoffs, he's going to take my draft pick instead. So I was relieved when he picked DeLeon, who, who may end up being better. And awesome. I told Glenn, if DeLeon yeah. drops to me, I'll take him. I just didn't need another starter. Yeah. And yeah, I was, so I, I thought, you know, this year that was going to be how he sticks it to me. Instead of getting me out of the playoffs, he was going to take my draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> so I will, this is where I interject. This is why I insert my annual worst cleanup hitter in the league pick and i'm going to go with luis aguayo mainly because i never heard of the dude and and he's only hit <laughs> 10 career home runs um but uh you know let's let's say we'll give garvey an honorable mention in that category so it's like <laughs> i says luis aguayo who the hell is this guy but i see he does have six, six power so we'll see exactly Exactly. I will say that I tried to trade. So this is like exactly my kind of player. I tried to trade for this guy. And Jeff's like, dude, you're nuts. You know, so five, six, five, it's like, what's five contact, you know, but six power for a, for a guy who can play shortstop. second base, third base and shortstop. Exactly. And he's on a minimum contract. I was like, dude, Jeff, what do you want for this guy? And Jeff's like, no way. So I, I mean, I like him. Now, to your point, he shouldn't be hitting cleanup, right? On a good team, he, he would be the number eight hitter or maybe the number seven hitter. And you'd be like, oh, my God, I have a six-power shortstop. This is great. But, yeah, it kind of tells you where he's at, that that's his cleanup hitter. All right, let's roll on. So our number six pick in the West uh, was an almost unanimous pick. We had uh, four, six, 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 the Chicago Colts. Obviously, Nancy's trying to uh, – Still in the midst of a rebuild. He's this is his last year in Chicago. He's trying to leave the team in a good spot. So I think he's been focusing on prospects and draft picks and you know, kind of building for the future. But uh, so what do the ratings say on Chicago? I mean, I think that's exactly right. I think his entire focus is positioning for the next guy, getting rid of contracts, trying to fix finances. And you know, he wouldn't say this, and I, I could be totally wrong, but to me, like tank for a draft pick. So so his starters are really not very good, which is like un-Chicago life. He is almost the worst starter. The only team in the league with worse starters than him is, um, is Washington. And that's staggering. Like this guy's entire MO forever has been Bill Singer or McAnally or whoever, right? Just but like stud starters. And now he has Mike Witt, who's 19. And that seems to be like, you know, what the hurdle is now to be a good starter. But after that, I mean, Catfish Hunter, you know, I mean, anyway. So, so yeah. So basically his pitching is really, like his pitching is shockingly bad. And his position players, uh, what's interesting is that his his lineup total is also bottom half, but he he does have some OBP guys who are pretty good, which is a bit of a contrast to what he used, usually does. And I think that's helped by having Tim Raines. Raines is finally matured. He's in uh, eight contact, seven eye for fifteen. 
And of course he has Yount and Mosby. But the rest of his guys, though, again, that's the reason why I put him in the bottom half. Gaetti, he has playing third base. He's called up. Gaetti's a 6'6'4", so he's not really ready. Johnny Ray might turn into a, a good second baseman, but right now he's 7'3'4". So long story short, the ratings just don't add up. His defense is good. So it's to be clear, he's, he's, he's once again, a very good defensive team, but, uh, and again, I might've mentioned this earlier. I, I looked at tons of different formulations and I, I, I tried to, you know, look at different ways to, to come up with the team ranks, no matter what I did, the top, the, sorry, the bottom three were always Washington, San Francisco, and Chicago. There was no formulation I could come up with to get Chicago out of the bottom three. So sorry, Lance. So I had similar analysis. I, my big problem with them was the rotation. So after Wit, yeah, I, I would agree. Most of these guys are not scary and not the normal Chicago rotation I'm used to facing. Um, the rest of the team is interesting. I mean, I think he's trying to do something with speed because his top seven guys, I think, all have eight, nine, or ten in stealing. So even the ones that aren't fast on the base paths can steal bases. So I was trying to figure out why Broderick Perkins was in there instead of Kent Herbeck. And I think it's just the contact and the the 10 stealing ability. So I think maybe that's what Lance is trying this year is defense contact, get on base and then steal a ton of bases. So if you've got a bad defensive catcher, maybe, maybe Lance will catch you off guard and, and, you know, steal some games away. But um, yeah, I, I don't see this team doing much better than fifth or sixth. Yeah. I think Herbeck's a guy that you might very well see in the lineup before the season's out. Um, just a couple of comments on, first of all, on the pitching side, Mike Lacoste actually is a really solid three starter, uh, former Denver 14er, but he's a four, nine, six. Yeah. The four stuff isn't great, but I think, um, he's not all that bad for, for number three. And then last comment on, on this team rankings, uh, Yount, Reigns and Mosby, really the only three guys who are rated at the top eight in their position. The rest of the team is well subpar. Okay, so moving on. So our fifth selection for fifth place in the West is the St. Louis Maroons. We had them rated three, three, five, five, and six. So Glenn, take it away with your team, St. Louis. So I'll give you the raw rating score, and then I'll talk about just my rationale just briefly. Mm-hmm. So I am basically, okay, so sorry. I said I'd do the rating score. <laughs> Start with the rationale. So, so nice. my pitching is uh, exactly seventh. So my pitching total is seventh, and that's partly powered by the fact that I give myself credit for Schmidt as a closer, or Schmidt and Ticolvi as my closer and, and setup. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that gets me to 44, which is among the best. Uh, among the best back end bullpens in the league and my lineup. So, you know, hold on to your hats. My lineup total is the highest. My OBP total is the highest and my power total is the highest. So when you add the total score, I come in third. So then when you add the defense though, Oh, I just, yeah. So I come in third. So, so, so that's how I think. And I think that's reflected in some of these, uh, ratings or some of these rankings that you showed, right? Like three, five, six, it's all over the map because most people think, oh, well, St. Louis finished six last year. You just naturally project forward. But the reality is like I've, I've made a, a bunch of changes and really this uh, two years of <clears throat> two years of moves I made are basically all coming to fruition this year. So this is the year where I break out of the cocoon. Um, and just briefly, the rationale is that 
I initially had thought to build a pitching and defense team, but I look around the league and I see that there's like half the league is what I would consider to be a pitching and defense team. I had thought to go all in on contact and try to be the best contact team, but I look around the league and I see almost every team is a contact team. And then I looked at my park and I see that my park massively promotes left-handed home runs. So I just went the complete opposite. I figured, why don't I just go for left-handed power? And because I don't have, uh, or because everybody in the league fetishizes defense like massively, I'll just go for walks and dongs, like the two things that gloves don't touch. But in doing so, so I, I told you that I had the highest OBP and the highest power. I had the lowest contact. So I'm going to lead the league in strikeouts by like a country mile. And by going all in on offense, I've also obviously sacrificed defense. So so what I essentially have is, is two teams. So one team is all left-handed mashers. And then on the bench, I have all gold glove guys. And so what I'm going to try to do is use my mashers to, you know, two walks in a dong. And as soon as I take the lead, I throw all my gold glove guys on. And then my team defense with the gold glove guys is comparable to Cleveland. So I basically have two separate teams that I'm trying to smush into one. So it's a squad rotation system. Exactly. hundred percent. And so it might, parlance, yeah. it might work like, Oh, amazing. Or yeah. it might, you know, yeah. collapse completely because I have guys that all hit 210 De- uh, or worse. De- Denver is doing a bit of that also. Uh, what well, We'll talk about that when we get there. So Pete, you also had them third in the West. Do you have anything to add on to what Glenn just yeah, said? Yeah, so I had them third. I mean, in my notes were holy makeover city, right? Like this is, I know it was quiet. It's not like when I said, oh, give me MCA. Oh yeah, I'll take Dirk or I'll take Reed. Okay, I'm rebuilt. I'm done. This was much quieter than that. But, you know, you add Porter, you go draft Strawberry, who hits the lineup right away. I think you added Chambliss, Evans, Cromarty, you know, I thought the guy you gave up was pretty close, so not a huge upgrade, but I mean, the, the lineup is great. And as Glenn said, he's got the, the one thing that seems to be at a huge premium now, which is power. And, you know, my team does something similar. I'm, I'm trying to do either you're on base or you're hitting a home run because um, I, I don't believe in the hit three singles to score a run type of offense. I think it's too streaky. The pitching is a question mark, right? So you, know, you put any pitching on this team and you probably start talking about secondary and first. So when Glenn was making a play for Russell, I mean, I was holding my breath. I was like, if he gets Russell, do I demolish my team and rebuild? Or do I need to make some stupid trade and go get a number five starter that looks like a number one starter and, and compete? Like, do I, you know, re-up on this or do I just like fold? So that, that to me was the huge difference. I think that put him at third. Russell maybe puts him at first because the lineup is that good. But that rotation with a mediocre defense, I don't know. That could be anywhere from third to sixth. So, but I, but I think that offense is going to get it done. I, I didn't realize the whole rotation thing with the defense. So it sounds like the way to beat you is extra innings. Because then you're going to have all guys that can't hit at all. Play for the tie. Play for the play tie. For the tie. Yeah, play for that, the right? tie. Yeah. So um, I had but, I actually had I actually had St. Louis fifth. And the reason is, yeah, I do think they're gonna clearly be like a top five offensive team. I don't see that their pitching is really all that improved. Yeah, Lasky's pretty good. Soto is kind of like middling. Alexander and Solomon, the bottom of the rotation is pretty poor in my estimation. I remember last year we did the preview and I think your, your rotation totaled to like 
10 wins total like the previous year. So at least you have Soto won 11 last year. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah, a couple yeah. eight games winners. So it, it's, it's improving and moving in the right direction, but I just don't think that the pitching is good enough to even carry like a top three offense into the top half of the standing. It might be worth talking about this for two seconds. If you look at my bullpen, I've every single guy I have could start. So I basically have systematically gone after guys with three stamina who could start. And so uh, one of my, one option is I could put Hoffman and Schmidt, you know, and then all of a sudden I have a 23 and a 21 rated starter. So again, I'm trying to start with these crappy starters and then have a really short hook and then just throw in the, you know, just bring on the firefighters and hopefully I can score, keep you from scoring or at least hold down somewhat. But yeah, I could easily end up losing like games, you know, 15 to seven. Right. Right. So, I mean, I, I think that's maybe that's yeah. the most likely outcome. And I finished fifth or six. Right. So so, so your, your team reminds me of like the Westerns with the like the old West facade and like the facade falls over. Right. So the facade is your like starting lineup and then it tips over and <laughs> yes. then you and then you see the real guys. Dude, dude that's Red Rock. That's yeah. Red Rock from uh, Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. Saddles. Blazing yeah. Saddles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there we go. So you're the Blazing Saddles this year. There you right. go. One more note on St. Louis. I, I did have one of their draft picks as my top steal of the draft. I had Mike Fitzgerald as a steal of the draft, but only because of where he was drafted. I'm not saying this dude is going to take over the league or anything. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he was a fourth round pick or late yeah. third. Yeah, or maybe Something it was like a fifth that. round pick. I think it was a fifth round maybe pick. Maybe it was a fifth round pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I yeah. try I actively tried to trade up to draft this guy. And I know why people don't take him. His arm is a three, right? So and it's Glenn said everyone is crazy about defense, but he's a catcher. Five contact, seven gap, five power, seven eye. The dude could be a cleanup hitter on most teams in this league currently. 58th pick. I, I think that's a crime that nobody had that much of a need for a catcher that they go, hey, if this guy's arm goes from a three to a five, he becomes, you know, Daryl Porter light or something. And I can get him in the fourth round or fifth round. So that's why he was the steal of the draft for me. All right, let's move on. Number four is Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta, we had picked the group was second, fourth, fourth, fifth, and fifth. So mostly fourth fourths and fifths so glenn tell us about atlanta dude i love atlanta i mean dude i love atlanta i love atlanta this the guy's rotation is freaking incredible so if you look at his the top of his rotation it's comparable to the best teams in the league other than la that's superb and that's scott, uh, mike scott john matlack and fernando valenzuela and fernando that's right yeah so, and not only is the top of his rotation exceptional, the back of his bullpen is, is really incredible. So Howe is a 23 rated closer and his setup guy is a, is like a young 21 rated. So again, his, his pitching is really good pitching. I have him in the top half, but where he struggles is offensively. So now what he's going to try and do. So he's another guy that's going to try to pitch and defense you to death and, and hit for contact. So And again, back to the reason why I chose to do the opposite is because so many teams are competing on the same dimensions. He's trying for the starters. Well, he has excellent ones. He's trying for defense. He has very good defense. But And for offense, he's trying for this contact thing. And why not? He has Terry Poole, Tony Gwynn, and Brian Harper. Those are three of the best contact hitters in the league, arguably. And he's got him one, two, three in his order. It's just the rest of the lineup is deficient offensively. 
so that his score places him, he's tied for, I guess, 11th. So his offense isn't that hot. Now, again, back to the thing I think I, I said earlier, I love Atlanta. What's interesting about this guy is he's going for pitching and defense and no power, pure contact in a park that is the most offensive park in the entire league. So check this out. Home run. This is the home run percent in his park. It's 136%. So, I mean, it's not called the launching pad for nothing. Yeah, so I had him much lower. I think uh, you said someone picked him fifth. That was me. Um, And I actually did it based on the rotation. I think this rotation is going to be scary. But Mike Scott is not developed. Valenzuela is not developed. So if you're looking at potential, they're ridiculous. If you're looking at current ratings, they're they're good, but they're not great. Matt Lack has a problem staying healthy. Uh, Clyde has been downgraded into almost oblivion. He's got four control, five stuff. So he's strictly a movement guy at this point. Um, so I wasn't as in love with the rotation. And then Chris Knapp is number five. I don't remember if he's good or bad. I think he was in my minors for about 30 years before he got a call up with Atlanta. Um, but to me, that, that rotation is not yet ready. And if Matlack and Clyde aren't the normal or old Matlack and Clyde, and instead Matlack is hurt, as he's been recently, and Clyde's downgrades are real downgrades and he doesn't pitch well anymore, then you're asking Fernando and Scott, who aren't developed yet, to carry the entire pitching staff. And how is awesome. So, you know, the, the bullpen's fine if you can get there with the lead. Um, the lineup, you know, same common. I think I've had for a bunch of teams, just lacks power. Otherwise, yeah, great. Lots of contact, decent defense. Um, but that rotation, I wasn't as high on as, as Glenn is. Maybe in, in two years, I will be. So my only comment here on, on the power, yeah, in general, it's more of a contact team. But I will point out that Dave Henderson had 30 home runs and Pete O'Brien had 36. And I think Pete O'Brien is still developing. So he's got a couple of boppers there. This is a super scary rotation in, say, two years. But right now it's like kind of like big names, but not quite developed there. I don't think Scott and Valenzuela are going to you know, be enough to lift this team up. But I think they're definitely on the, the way up. Like If you look at the last three years, seventh, sixth, fifth, is moving up a spot every year. So I think landing in fourth this year would be completely reasonable. Um, and they'll definitely be in the playoff hunt probably as soon as next year. Speaking of future pitching potential, he drafted Sid Fernandez fifth overall. That is yeah. absolutely, the guy's electric. So that's, but, but he's far away. So yep. yeah, probably three years from now, he'll be like a stud. And super scary rotation and say 85, 86. I love Atlanta. All right, let's move on. Our number three team was Denver. They were, we had them picked second, third, fourth, fourth, and fifth. So Glenn, take it away with the Denver 14ers. Well, this was, this is actually really tough for me. So I actually think St. Louis, Denver, Atlanta, you could kind of throw those three (laughs) in the hat and just pull them out. It's like, who cares? Like they're, they're kind of interchangeable. And what's funny is like, if you go back to the Russell trade, basically the Russell and Lemon, the two trades you, you made, like, I was like, damn, like, I, I might, you know, this is like the number two team, you know, setting LA mm-hmm. apart. But when I actually looked at the numbers, they, they weren't as good as I thought. So clearly, Russell is amazing. 
But Bly Levin isn't quite what he used to be. Forsh isn't what, quite what he used to be. So the names are like incredible, but the ratings don't quite add up. And Russell still is utterly dominant. Oh, and also your setup and closer situation is a little bit odd. J.R. Richard closing, kind of like me. Like I have a starter closing. Well, maybe you, you know, maybe you'll end up putting J.R. Richard back in the rotation, but but I didn't rate you very highly there. So for total pitching, I have you only, you know, two, two off the bottom. So 12th. And then position player wise, I got you right in the middle at seventh. Again, I sort of felt like adding Chet Lemon, a gold glove center fielder who can hit. I was like, you know, man, that, that's like super valuable. So I want to put you higher. But like I say, the, the pitching doesn't seem to be as good. And again, you're playing in one of the most extreme offensive parts. So when I add it all up, oh, and the other thing Denver's sort of famous for is your defense. Your up the middle defense is, is superb. So that will help. But again, just in this league, there's so many good defensive teams. Overall, you come in fifth defensively. So you're not elite elite. So that was the other reason why I was kind of like, eh, you know, maybe there's some other teams here. Oh, yes. And so then finally, when I do my total rankings, like just add them all up, you're seven by just, you know, total, total ratings count. So therefore, and, and seventh, and then behind a bunch of West teams, actually. And so then that's the reason why I put you where I put you. I thought you did a great job in the offseason. You know, you, you flipped a lot of the team and this is a really good rebuild or build up. I guess you weren't bad last year. So this is a great build up. It's a scary team. I, you know, in my notes, I wrote only the sole reason I don't pick them a second or maybe even competing for first. You have a lot of guys that are allergic to playing more than like 85% of the season. So the bench is going to get playing time. And I know I, sh- I struggled with that in the past where is the bench as good as the starters? Usually not. So guys like, you know, Willie Randolph and Butch Weiniger and some of the starters aren't actually playing, then it's not the team we're looking at right now. So that, that's what, that was what I thought was the Denver Achilles heel is, you know, not a lot of durable guys on this team, but on paper, I mean, you're, you're as good as I think LA or Seattle in, in my mind. Um, and then in the other Achilles heel, maybe, you know, as, as Glenn said, there's a couple of big name pitchers that haven't been great in the last couple of years, but they could be. And maybe with your defense, they, they turn it back on. You know, Bly Levin is again an, an ace pitcher like he was in Boston three, four years ago. And shoot, you got the, the Russell Bly Levin magic back. You know, that was enough for Boston to, to you know, create a, a pretty good team. So I don't know. I could see this team going, finishing first. I could see him getting hit by injuries and finishing fifth. So I picked them third. I went in the middle. So my whole thing, like Russell was obviously the key pickup in the offseason. I look back at my one successful season in 1980 when I won the pennant on the last day, actually tied for the pennant and won on a tiebreaker on the last day of the season. And the, the success that I had that year was Durker and Parson. I felt like the only way this in, in such a hitter's park, I have to have a, a really dominant pitcher at the start of the rotation. So when Russell became available, that was obviously the priority. And then, you know, adding Bly Levin was kind of a bonus. I don't expect Bly Levin to be a, a super stud, but he's still five, seven, eight, you know, and he's only 30 years old. So he did win 20 games just two years ago. So he's not too far off from being at least a really solid number two. On the offense side, I actually am kind of turning away a little bit from the defense. So I've always tried to be really strong defensively up the middle, but I've also had, because my high stadium has a cavernous outfield, I've generally tried to have eights in all three outfield positions. 
I've kind of let that go a little bit this year, again, because of kind of what Glenn was saying about the paucity of power hitting in the league. So I kind of went for a little more power. So you'll see George Bell probably starting. My other issue is I have about, other than Chet Lemon, I've got like five outfielders. To It's almost like, you know, pick names out of a hat as who's going to start, right? Is it Willie McGee? Or, or George Bell, very different players, but they're all kind of even and they'll probably see a lot of platooning. So I did, I, it did allow my defense to, to degrade a little bit. You know, if George Bell is only a five in left field, for example, but I did try to add some power. I grabbed Mitchell Page off the scrap pile and hoping that he's, you know, he's a seven, six, six, seven hitter. He can't play field in the field at all. He's basically going to be like a pure pinch hitter. But, you know, if he wins like five games with walk-off home runs, I'll take it. So yeah, I've been trying to add some power. Chet Lemon, I think, was a was a good addition. He, he he's gonna give you a little more power than Elliot Maddox had, but still six contact, five eye. I don't have, you know, huge expectations from him. Yeah, you know, if my pitching can if those top two guys can pitch to where I think they can and and you know, J.R. Richard might slot back into the rotation. We'll see. You know, one thing I am missing is is a real solid closer. That's why I'm trying Richard there. But But yeah, I'm hoping to finish in the top three. We'll see, uh, you know, if I get some breaks, maybe I'll sneak into the playoffs, but I'm definitely not counting on it. It could be the case of me overthinking it. Again, my initial reaction was Russell, Lemon. I think you're underselling Lemon. He's a 6'5", 5'16". I mean, there are very few center fielders that play 90 events and that 16. So he is really quite good. And again, he doesn't have to be. He could be just a three or just a three or four war player, which is totally doable. Yeah, that's true. In, in your park. So I, I so I really feel like you, uh, yeah, so maybe I undersold you. In fact, now the more I think about it, <laughs> the more I'm starting to convince myself <laughs> I undersold you. Well, I, I also added a bunch of um, a bunch of guys off the scrap pile, like Bobby Gritch, uh, Ron Say. You know, these yes. guys clearly aren't starter quality. But, yep. you know, I, again, I'm, I was looking for cheap guys, role players that could come in. I got Mark Belanger as my a backup shortstop again. So, and, and as usual, my AAA is stacked. So I fully expect to dominate the international league again. That's my main, that's my main priority. <laughs> there you go. It's a trophy. Yeah, it is. It's a little smaller, but you know, <laughs> you, if you get enough of them, it makes a nice little display. There you uh, go. There you yeah. Go. All right. So let's move on. Seattle. We had as two, 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 three, three. I believe they were second place last year. Is that right? Uh, yes. They, of course they won the one the pennant in, 81, they dropped off by eight wins and finished second last year. So let's hear about Seattle. His team, again, the top-end talent is, is just incredible. Let's start with his rotation. I mean, the dude has Candelaria as the 22, Robinson as the 21. But then kind of it gets it drops off a little bit from there, right? Nolan Ryan mm-hmm. is like a you know, is a 19, and you know, he's he got some issues, he got the 19 rare guy. So and his bullpen isn't very good at all, actually. So his pitching total turns out to be the bottom half. Even though he has great top-end pitching talent, his, his again, his entire staff really overall isn't very good. And as we've been saying for seasons now, his defense also isn't very good. And he plays in an extreme hitter's park. But now look at his lineup. So if you, if you look at his lineup, he's fourth and and fourth behind Detroit, LA, and St. Louis because he has obviously, you know, C Rob to make the whole thing go. So he has a single best player in the league. He has him back at second base, and that's important because then he can put 
Upshaw, you know, at first, who's who can mash, he finally is fully cooked. He put Coggins back at leadoff, and so he has now a, a pretty good OBP. But again, not the best at work at LA. LA has by far the best, or LA and St. Louis have the best OBP. But but he has among the best uh, OBP in the league. He has among the best power in the league. So it's it's quite a strong team overall. But again, there are sort of some deficiencies because. Because once you get beyond like the, the extreme top end talent, there are weaknesses, particularly in the rotation in the bullpen. I had something very similar. The top two pitchers are great. The rest of the pitchers are okay. Um, I mean, this has been a team that for a couple of years now has mashed really well. I and mean, they they hit, they score runs. The middle of the lineup is super scary still. It's the same three guys that hit you know, 30 to 40 home runs. C Rob last year missed 50, 60 games, something like that. So I think that's something to remember is full season of C-Rob maybe makes Seattle number one instead of number two. The other linchpin is Molitor is fairly interesting. You know, he went from 6.6 war war and us talking about, I don't know if he was MVP or in the discussions for MVP to the next year, zero, zero, just absolute zero. He was break-even player. I mean, that that's a ridiculous difference with no downgrades or anything like that. It's just... You know, this is one of those classic guys that fully relies on contact. So when he was hitting, you know, 360, then he's ridiculously good. When he's hitting 300, he's a league average player. So we'll see which Molitor we get. We see if we get a full season of C-Rob. I think if Molitor bounces back and we get a full season of C-Rob, they could be number one just as easily as number two. I don't really see him sliding to number three. The team still has too much star power to slide beyond number two. Molitor is an interesting case. He won the batting title in 81 with a 358 average. And so that was just two seasons ago. And now he's batting eighth in the order. So I don't remember a batting champion. And, and by the way, he's 25 years old. Okay. So sure there have been, I'm sure Granny Hamner like was dropped in, in, in the, in the, in the lineup, but maybe when he was like 37, not when he's 25, <laughs> right. right? So, so yeah, right. Molitor is kind of a puzzler. He still has Ken Griffey on this team, uh, mm-hmm. but not starting. So, and Barry Bonnell is another guy who is, uh, mm-hmm. it, so he's fourth and fifth outfielders are just, uh, he's Incredible. got plenty of depth. Yeah. This is a, a very solid team. The bullpen is rather weak. Victor Cruz doesn't look that great. But yeah, he got downgraded a bunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's got Carlton closer role. So that'll be interesting to see how that works. Uh, you know, 37 year old, only seven stuff coming off kind of an, an off year. So he's probably on the decline. But yeah, I think, again, this is one of those teams that has very solid one, two pitchers. They can score a ton of runs. My final comment I don't think the defense is that bad, actually. Coggins is a nine in center field. And Don Money is an eight at shortstop. So so it looks like he's addressed that a little bit. Ellis, Ellis Valentine also is uh, an eight in right field. So he's, you know, the defense isn't all bad. Well, I was just going to say, so with respect to his defense, you're right. If, if he plays Coggins, he has money. So he's got, those are like excellent defensive players, but all around the diamond, he's third from the bottom. Boston's the worst defensive team followed by St. Louis and then Seattle. Maybe it doesn't matter if you're scoring that many runs. And I do. Exactly. Exactly. So he was first in, in offense uh, two years ago. He dropped to six last year, largely maybe because of C-Rob's injury, but also a bunch of guys slumped. So Molitor dropped 60 points. So again, maybe reversion of mean, he gets back in the top three in offense with that pitching and he's back in the, you know, I, I definitely could see this team back in the playoffs for sure. All right, let's wrap it up. Our final pick is LA unanimous number one, just like Detroit in the East. 
the LA Outlaws won the division last year. They were second the year before and they finished just a game behind Seattle. So um, trying to make the playoffs for three years in a row for the first time. Pete, you want to start us off since it's your team? Sure. So I, I didn't do a whole lot in the off season just because my finances are not great. Right. So the, the one thing I, I can take credit for is there's only three guys in the league that make $10 million a year. and Two of them are in LA. So we do pay pays to be in LA. Um, but that, you know, that hampered me. So I, I, I didn't do a whole lot. Uh, last year in the middle of the year, I did pick up, pick up Whitaker, which I, I, I'd like to see how it's going to work out this whole year. And then I picked up Jerry Royster just to improve my defense. Um, you know, I recognize I have decent pitching. I'm in a mostly pitcher's park. So maybe putting a good shortstop out there will make a difference. That's kind of a, an experiment. If it doesn't work, I still have Roy Smalley and he can come back in and do what he's been doing here for years. Um, other than that, not much changed. You know, I, I'm, I am going to try to hit Grieve fifth and Whitaker fourth to see if with a little protection, maybe Whitaker you know, does what he did when he first came to LA, which he hit really well and he hit for power. So I'm just wondering if that helps him a little bit. But overall, it's the same cast returning. It's, you know, I like my two, three, four, five with Murray, Winfield, Whitaker. Grieve Backman is a decent leadoff hitter. My defense has improved. Uh, the rotation is, I think, still deep. Yeah, I have Rosema in the pen if I need him. I have Stuper in the pen. He just came up. He's a four nine eight guy. If I need him, I've got Tom Bernanski who I could bring up if I need to. So I've got a little bit more depth than I think I have that I did last year. But otherwise, it's, it's the same outlaws you're going to see. Well, I mean, come on, bro. Come on. The pitching is sick. It's the best starters. It's the best top three starters. Talk about, you know, I'm going to get half my innings from, from three. Three guys rated 22 or higher. That's ridiculous. So that's just, that's friggin' ridiculous. And then, and the bullpen, even though the bullpen isn't spectacular, but guess what? It's solid. That, that would be like, I would think, well, maybe that's your one area of weakness, but you can't even say, you know, Lee Smith as the 21 or 22 rated closer. It's like, that's your weakness. Come on. Uh, you know, one thing that is odd, this is what kind of where my scoring system breaks down is I actually don't have you rated that high with respect to power. And that's because you have Wally Backman and Royster who are like one or something, a one or a two power. But but obviously you have Murray and Winfield and Grieve and Whitaker, who I love, dude. A, a second baseman with six power is like incredible. So so in reality, you actually do have uh, quite a lot of power. And your OBP, you have tied for the best OBP in the league. So long story short, by ratings count, you have the best pitchers. You have the second best, third best position players. And if you add everything together, you are one point behind Detroit for the best team in the league. So, yeah, I was, I was just going to say, like, if, you were, if you're thinking of ways – so what, one of the nice things about your rating system is just simple – just additive, just add up the same ratings for every player, right? <laughs> right? But you know, if you were to make a refinement to it, it would it would make sense to rate players at their respective roles. So nobody expects <laughs> right. nobody expects Wally Backman to hit home runs. So you know, if if he has a one power and some other team has a leadoff hitter with a three power, does that really make a difference? That's when, right. When, That's when right. His yeah. Only role is to get on base. So I I was poking around. I'm trying to find the Achilles heel on this team, and I have to admit, I had I literally clicked on like 22 players before I found one mini minor like nitpicky 
Achilles heel. And that's Ed Halicki, your fourth starter. He's His ratings are decent, but his career record is 40 and 66. He did have a decent year last year. He was eight and six. He, he's never been a, a really solid or dominant pitcher, but LA has a way of making marginal pitchers elsewhere turn into really good pitchers. So Can I say about Halicki? I mean, Halicki, dude, what the... The five, not the nine control, the elite control. So his, his OBP, you know, 14 in the OBP categories is excellent. So yeah, I mean, yeah. he's like, he's like, he's like what Lurch could have been. Right. Yep, yep. Yeah. And then the only other comment I have, Lee Smith was three and eight last year. So that looks like maybe some blown saves there. So something to look out for, but you know, his ERA was 2.20 is whip. He cut his whip to one, one thirteen, and he's only 23 years old. So Lee Smith is looking like he's going to be in that, category with Bruce Suter and Dave Smith and kind of Bill Castro territory. One more thing. I, I mean, I, I spent probably the last two years trying to rebuild my minors. So I've traded away a lot of talent to rebuild the minors. So it's, you know, part of the goal has always been compete now, but compete later too. So I mean, maybe you're not seeing the strongest LA team I've ever put out there, but you know, I'm happy to say the minors is sort of built back up as well. <laughs> Dude, if it's not the strongest team, I don't know what to tell you. It's ridiculous. Detroit, Detroit. It's it's Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, you just still you just than happen, this team. Yeah, but you just happen to be like you just happen to be like around when there's a dynasty team, right? But I mean, you still are locked for the division, and you're going to get your shot in a short series. That's all you can do. Right? So, a quick quick note on the minors. I'm looking at the minor league rankings. LA is third, so we're talking about the you know one of the top two teams right now, and they have the number three farm system. They're the only team in the top nine in farm systems that actually made the playoffs last year. So, Tony Fernandez, number six, Ron Darling, number thirteen. You got Mike Morgan, John Stuper, and Juan Samuel. So, does Brunanski um, count? Is he on there? He's 38th. He's right 38th. So, okay, okay. And well, in reality, always... he's like number three. So, and right, he, right. I mean, he, he yeah. lit up spring training. <laughs> yes. I yeah. get 11 home runs in spring training or yeah. 12. I don't, I don't even know. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I got to replace Winfield, MCA, and Durker in the next few years. So, it's Brunanski, Morgan, and I don't know, maybe Darling. They're definitely yeah. not the yeah. same, but yeah. it's, it's a long, long haul to, to replace those three guys. So yeah. I got to have a minor league system. Pick to win the world series. Let's go around. Peter, is this LA's year? No, Detroit. It's Detroit. Detroit. He's not, he's not going to be the Buffalo bills of this league. All right. Glenn. Yeah. I think Detroit does break through. I mean, I, I mean, give him enough chances. He's got to win one, but I would think LA just because the top end pitching is so freaking good in a short series. I think LA arguably is a favorite against any team. I'm going to go with Detroit too. I just think this team's too good to keep down like three years in a row. All right. Well, that's it. So until next time. I love Atlanta. Out in the street. Out in the street. Out in the playground. In the dark side of town. Oh, we're going to rock down to Electric Avenue. Avenue. Oh, yeah. Rock it in the daytime. Electric Avenue.